You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have a treat for you today where I get to interview Alex Garfin. Yes, Jordan Kent from Superman and Lois will be on the show. We're going to talk to him about the show, about his interests in general. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that you are too. But as always, I will talk a little bit about what's been going on for me first. Beth and I have started watching The Expanse. It's an interesting sci-fi show. I do appreciate how they're going for a much more pragmatic look at the future and about what technology will look like and goes very much with our modern understanding of science. I'm not sure that it's a show that I'm going to get very emotionally invested in. I'm still looking for that kind of a hook to it, but it's something that definitely is a good show for that sort of technical, practical part of my brain. I'm really digging that kind of aesthetic to it. But yeah, so far the characters haven't really done it for me yet. But who knows? I'm only three episodes in, and I think there are six seasons at this point, and there might be a seventh one coming. I haven't looked ahead at any of that kind of stuff, but definitely checking that out, definitely getting into it. We're also watching Gundam Origins for our sort of like anime watch that we're doing. Uh, The first episode was a little weird. It was a lot sillier than you normally get from a Gundam series. The plot was all there, and the plot like you know, was fairly dark, which it would need to be for the sort of backstory for Char. But I was, I was a little weirded out by how they depicted the individual characters and about how overblown their expressions were, their facial expressions, as well as some of their actions. It's like the direction on the anime was really bad, even though I don't think the script was all that bad, or even the voice acting was very overblown in paces. But again, it was weird because it was disjointed. Some characters seemed to be taking it a lot more seriously than others. And so I'm not sure how that all came together. I'm hoping the later episodes are better on the tone. But that first episode left me feeling kind of ambivalent because of how it sort of has too many differences and its tone and it's sort of, you know, even, I don't know, just how how, uh, it's performed, like the quality of the performances and... Which is weird, because that both falls under the animation and the physical performances of the characters as well as the voice acting. So it just, again, seems strange, like almost like it was deliberate. But I don't understand why they would have done it deliberately. But yeah, otherwise there's not too much new since last time. So we're just going to pause now for our promo for another fine podcast. And then we will get straight into the interview with Alex. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tony. Do you like ads about podcasts? You know it. How about ads about Doctor Who podcasts? Even better. Well, you're in luck because this is an ad about a Doctor Who podcast. Wow, I love it. 
And you'll love us, the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast about Doctor Who. I'll buy 12. Actually, it's free. I'll buy 13 then. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. And we're back. And with us today is one of the stars of the hit CW series, Superman and Lois, and that is Alex Garfin. Alex, welcome to the 42 cast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) And we're glad to have you on. I've been watching this show faithfully since it came out. Oh, I'm really glad then. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. Yeah. So I've been asking everybody for the last 18 months, how are you doing in these pandemic times that we live in? You know, uh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm double vaxxed and ready to relax. Um, you know, <laughs> that's actually good. I'm a, you know, I, um, either way, uh, now that I'm double vaxxed, uh, I feel a little more confident about everything. You know, obviously we got to still follow whatever the CDC says about, you know, the new ones dropping, but for now, I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, uh, Vancouver was definitely a couple steps behind us there just because of the supply. Uh, New York is doing well. We all got vaccinated quite quickly because we all dealt with it pretty severely for a while. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself and just ask, like, how what is that like, though, making the show while you're all trying to quarantine and distance and everything else? You know, I think a lot of the uh, emotional burden of the pandemic ended up on the actors while the physical burden ended up on the crew because the crew would work very long hours. TV hours are extremely long and they would have to wear an N95 the entire time. Not only that, they'd have goggles that would fog up when they're trying to breathe and touch you and do final touches and all. And, you know, that was definitely a strain on the crew and especially as it got hot and, um, it was definitely it was definitely something there. And as for the actors, you know, we were all up, I mean, up in Canada and we all wanted to make sure that the show wasn't going to get shut down. So it was pretty much home and work. And occasionally when you have an episode you're working a little lighter on, you kind of are staring into the void there a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're very, very privileged to be a part of a show like this. And we all are very thankful to be a part of the show. I know I am. But just like everything else, the film industry is also affected by this pandemic. So it's. If you like the show and you like it coming out on time, <laughs> get your shot. And then after you get your shot, we're all chilling. We're all chilling after the shot. And that's it. I like that, that you tied it to keeping people entertained. Because if there's going to be an incentive for people to get the shot, it's like you, you're going to miss out on your entertainment if you don't get yep. it. So I, I, that that's works. Right. <laughs> that's right. You know what? It's, it's like, it's just, obviously, it's your personal choice whether or not you get it. but. If everyone were to get it, that would be a great thing for all of us to burn a ma- the masks in a giant bonfire and go kumbaya around it like this. It'll be us and the bat, and the bat is right in the middle of it all, just flying above it all. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> as long as you don't have any bursts of heat vision while you're while you're doing that. 
Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. I want to. I want to meet the guy who ate the bat. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you, uh, you know, because you're a younger actor, yeah. and you still need to continue your education and everything else. So, how do you balance your education and working on the show, and you know, having a little bit of recreation time so you don't go insane? It was less of a balance, more of a juggle. Hmm. Uh, it was handing off one thing to another, and there were always a bunch of balls in the air. I was taking AP Calc and AP Japanese while this was all going on for some reason which was intense. I already knew calculus, so calculus was fine, but AP Japanese was quite something. So it was really an hour-by-hour task of rushing around between takes even, going to do a little bit more schoolwork, get that requirement done, and then in the, you know waking up early in the morning, going to bed very late at night. But in the end, I was doing what I would love. So it was an unbelievable, and it was very physically, emotionally, and everything. It was very taxing doing all of that at once, especially during the pandemic and the pandemic kind of, you know, it's kind of like putting you in quicksand where you're kind of like, it's kind of like running in a dream. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like when you can't, like the monster's chasing you and you're going, oh, like that's what the pandemic is. <laughs> you know, we're all running underwater. So it was a lot, but I was doing what I love and that kept me wanting to do it and kept me doing it very happily. And there was never a second where I didn't want to be doing it. So it was, it was, it was crazy, but, and I'm kind of glad that phase is over, but man, I had fun doing it. That's great. I mean, as long as you're having fun doing it, right. I mean, cause you never want that to be a slog or why are you doing it? That's right. Actually, this kind of cool. Look, it kind of looks like a person. Look, <laughs> look, you see like these are legs and these are, uh-huh. all, no, look, look, this is my new body. How are you doing? You ever see Colonel Sanders on the KFC bucket? Yeah. Next time you look at it, instead of looking like the little thing under him is a collar, look at it as a little body because it kind of works. And it's a little, wait, wait, do you, can you pull up a Colonel Sanders picture real quick? This is, this is important. It's extremely important. This is, this is, this is extremely relevant. So, so he's got a little tiny spindly body and with a giant head. Is that little spindly body with the giant head? Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, uh, uh, we got. Yeah, wait, wait. I got. I got it. Auntie, pass it over. Yeah, right here. Right here. I've eaten too much KFC. That that's that's really the moral of this story. Yeah, right here. Right here. It looks like he has a little spindly body. <laughs> I'll never be able to unsee that. Now you can't unsee it. You absolutely can't unsee it. That it looks like he's dancing on the bucket. <laughs> nice. I'm running here on like four hours of sleep. So. <laughs> oh, good. I good. I got you at your best. That's awesome. You got me at my finest, the peak of comedy. <laughs> right. All right. So what kinds of things do you like to do when you're not working? Uh, I play piano a lot. I play a lot of piano. Right now, I have I only have two months off between these two seasons. So I've just been chilling. I've been seeing all my friends. You know, the other thing is that going up there, I didn't see anyone my own age. The closest person to my age was Jordan. Uh, actually, my friend Dylan was there for a bit, but he actually booked a show in Toronto very quickly after. My friend Dylan Kingwell, he played young Clark. He was my age. After he left, after only like two months, <laughs> uh, the closest person to my age was Jordan, and he's awesome. He's like one of my closest friends, but it's been good to hang out with other 17-year-olds and, you know, be a kid. And uh, I was doing this big adult job, but now I'm laughing about Colonel Sanders. So uh, it, it's all coming back full circle here (laughs) well that's good 
So before you were cast in the show, were you a Superman fan or fan of superheroes in general? You know, that's the thing. I was a big Star Trek nerd. So I absolutely understand the geekdom. I under, you know, live long and prosper, peace and long life. You know, it's, it's what it is. I absolutely understand the fandom. I understand what it means to be a super a super fan of something because I absolutely was a super fan of Star Trek. I watched all those series like three times, which, uh, you know, it, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot worse television wise. I'll, I'll give you that because I'm also a big fan of Star Trek. I love Star Trek. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, so I understand that. I was never too big into comic books, though, and superheroes. I never really watched too much TV as a kid. I was always just doing stuff. I was going out there, living life. But now that I'm getting into it, it's really awesome, especially researching like some of the more crazy stuff that Superman's done. I heard about this one comic where uh, Superman, I was just talking about in one of the other interviews, that Superman... He was caught, like, I think, like, half naked or something by this other superhero in a picture. And when the photo developed, he didn't want to lie because he's Superman. So we just convinced the other guy that he was crazy and he was just seeing Superman everywhere by super speeding around and trying to make it look like there were multiple of himself. I, I, I mean, like, the, the genius that made up that plot. I mean, that's just gold right there. <laughs> or, you know, finding out that he used to, um, he never he used to not fly. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a thing in the early days of Superman. He used to leap and bound. Well, what was it? You can jump over a skyscraper in one bound or something like that. Tall buildings in a single bound, yeah. Tall buildings in a single bound. But, you know, they didn't, they wanted him to fly because they were too lazy to draw him bending his knees and flying. Because I, I could imagine how weird that would look if he was just jumping around. Can you imagine a world where Superman was just like a big version of the Energizer Bunny? Or, you know, like, like, can you imagine where he's just like hopping around? What if the energized buddy just hop? It kind of buzzes. It kind of like twitches and goes like this. No, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. there's so many great things. Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Right. Uh, if they're under a red sun, you know Muhammad Ali's going to be Superman. There's not <laughs> even a. Like, are you kidding? Because Superman, you think about it like this. And that's actually something I've talked about with the characters that Superman, he's the strongest of everyone on earth right so when he's when he was training as a kid and learning how to fight he would probably fight very instinctually how people that don't know how to fight would fight you know Mm -hmm. throwing a lot of punches and stuff so i can imagine him versus a highly trained peak of performance muhammad ali wouldn't go very well if there actually was all equal you know it's i i I love superman now and i've fallen in love with it and i'm so glad i had this opportunity to fall in love with it oh that's really cool but now you've piqued my interest because you're a Star Trek fan. What is your favorite Star Trek series? Oh, you know what? I loved Voyager, but I like each one for their own, except Enterprise. I like each <laughs> one. I couldn't even finish Enterprise. I got like to season like, I think three, and I couldn't do it anymore. It got to that stupid rock intro. It just really made no sense. It redconned the entire rest of everything else ever. I've watched a bit of Picard, but honestly, Mm. I don't have CBS All Access. So I watched what was free of Picard. I really want to watch it, though. Discovery as well. I watched little bits and pieces here and there. But, you know, I love The Next Generation just because it's so classic. And I love the original series, obviously. That's like, it's so incredibly classic. It's it's a lot like The Twilight Zone in a way. It has this mythical vibe that the other ones never exactly got again. Maybe because it was shot on film. 
Uh, actually, I just met William Shatner. Here's a picture of us. Nice. Yeah. No, yeah. So he was at the Comic Con and we started talking for a while and it, it was really great. I mean, he's in great health, which was just insane. Uh, you know, he's like witty and walking around and like he couldn't expect that he was 90 years old. No, I saw him at Dragon Con in 2019 and I was shocked at how much energy the man has, you know, at his it's age. Ridiculous. Although I have to say he has no stress. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just touring around, meeting all these fans, you know, he has the life. The guy has a life and he's also like, he's a really nice guy. He's, he's a funny guy. So you know, an old hero is a new friend. I think I posted that on Instagram when I posted that picture of us. It's an old hero of mine. is a new friend of mine. So that, that's really awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with you about the original series. I grew up in a time when it was between original and next gen. And I watched the original all the time. And you're right. There is a quality to that show that, that this has not come back. I, I don't understand it because it was it's very similar to the Twilight. You know what it is? I think I, I, think I just... It, and they all wear eyeliner. You ever notice that? An eyeshadow. Yeah. You ever notice, like, Spock has, like, green, and so does Kirk. They all have, like, this green. It makes them, like, have this weird, spooky kind of alien feel to it. There's some, I don't know why I'm holding this tissue. Look, this, this is what's going on. No, it had this, like, weird, spooky element to it I, that I don't think was ever really replicated anywhere else. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I you know how it is. We, we know how it is. We're trackies. We know how it is. Yeah, no, no, that's that's really awesome. So t- getting to Superman and Lois, how did you get cast in the show? Uh, I got cast in the show. I saw the audition. Uh, I went in for it. I went for the wrong brother. Uh, midway through the script, they said, I cannot do this. I never held the football in my life. Mm. And she was like, I got another one for you. Come back tomorrow. Came back tomorrow. Did an audition. I kind of actually stood on the armrests of a chair at one point in the audition because it was one of the scenes was reaching for the router. Uh, and I was like, screw it. And I was up on the armrest, like rocking back and forth. Um, so needless to say, I think I stood out a little bit from that. <laughs> and then, you know, I screen tested. That was like a whole week intensive with me and the other kid, Charlie Evans. He is awesome. He's one of my Good friend still to this day, an incredible actor, and he's going to go so far. And, you know, in fact, it was actually, he, he was such a great guy. There was even a point in which I went into the room with all of the producers and everyone. And I said, look, I'm the only one that has to lose by saying this. I will lose by saying this, but Charlie is a great kid. If you end up going with him, you made a great choice anyway, if you go with him. And if you go with me, you went with me. But I think right now you can feel safe. You can feel safe with either one of us. And, um, you know, I, I, I still stand by that. He's an awesome guy. That's really nice. Yeah. So is it, was it one of those things where you knew what you were auditioning for? Is it one of those hush hush things where it's like you're doing brother a and you know, it's a family thing. They, they did surrogate names. Um, Matthew was Jonathan and Ethan was Jordan. And I remember that so vividly. Uh, in fact, I can think I can still find the old script. In fact, the original script was, it was not in the pilot. It was just a test script. And it was Jordan calling a teacher a dumbass. And he was talking to the principal and he was like, this teacher's a dumbass. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, lovely little kid and the principal's yelling at him or whatever. And the way I interpreted the script was not, hey, the teacher's a dumbass. I don't want to do it. Blah, blah, blah. It was more of this teacher seems to not care. 
And the kids might suffer from that. You know, there's an importance that teachers love what they're doing because they have 30 people that might just do something awesome. And it goes the other way. And it's, it's always almost a shame, not because of them, but because of the 30 kids. So I've had, I've had that discussion with principals before. So I went in there with that outlook on it. And I think that also set me apart for the role. Because in the end, that says a lot about who Jordan is, mm-hmm. is that he misbehaves, but there's a purpose behind it. And there, you know, even if it's a selfish reason, he's not doing it out of bad blood. Deep down, there's a lot of care in what he's doing and he's trying to be empathetic to the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you're kind of getting into what my next question is, which is what draws you to the character of Jordan Kent? A lot. Uh, I think his heart and his heart is, through all these tribulations and, and his mental health issues, his heart is still beating very strong. He gets that, He, you know, and he, and he gets, is i think his uh his toughness from his mother but he gets his heart from his father and it's kind of beautiful and i think uh jonathan is very similar in that way as well he definitely gets his father's heart and his mother's you know his mother's compassion i think being a journalist requires so much compassion and wanting to tell people stories it was a perfect job for superman and lois lane i'm very glad siegel and schuster decided to do that that's really good insight so does it ever lead to confusion that you're playing a character named Jordan and your co-star is named Jordan? <laughs> I'm telling you, my man, it's because it, we switch directors every episode and they mm. maybe get it by like second last day. So it, 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 I just respond to Jordan. <laughs> you know, I fully like someone says Jordan, we both turn our heads. It, it's, it, you know, it, it is how it is. You know, there was also a point in which Wole Parks was playing Alex Luther before it was revealed he was John Henry Irons. So there were two Alexes. And then, uh, you know, in episode seven, this girl who played Natalie, her name, real name was Taylor. So we had Taylor and Tyler for a little while. So, you know, the names. Oh, and, and oh, don't even forget about episode 10, in which Lana was being, sur- was being a surrogate for Laura on a machine built by Leslie Lar that Lois Lane was helping her use. So at some point or another, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. No confusion on set at all. No confusion. But it, I mean, it's a comic book. That's how it is. You know, <laughs> right. they always have it's Jordan Jonathan. You know what I mean? It's Lois Lane. Yep. Lana Lang. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. You know, they love doing that, you know, phonic alliteration. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. That's such a good bad guy name. Yes. I know it's iconic, but like if I met a guy, never heard of Superman named Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. I'd go, oh. That's true. Yeah, they, they yeah, because they always make sure to emphasize the or the Luthor. Of course. Because if they're really, when they're good, right, I think we had a good luther in supergirl right what was her name lena luther lena luther lena luther was lena luther but lex luthor that's lex luthor he's the bad guy yep (laughs) so one of the things that i really like about the show is that family dynamic it's not something you see often with superhero type characters so does that translate at all off screen when you're working with you know bitsy and tyler and jordan I, you know, Bitsy and Tyler, definitely, but I would have to say Jordan the most. He's like my brother in real life. We hang out eight hours a day, every day. 
So we really, we, we are, I'm very different from my character. I, I think he's a lot more similar to his character, but that natural chemistry that we have definitely translates into these characters a lot, which is awesome. The whole family dynamic is like that. You know, and it also the ones that the characters that don't exactly interact, like Emmanuel Shrieky and I are pretty good, uh, pretty close. And she's really awesome to me. And I don't think I've ever really had a scene with her. She plays Lana Lang. A lot of those characters, Wooly Parks and I, you know, Wooly Parks is actually like the, the superstar of the show. I mean, he is like the most charismatic, awesome guy. Uh, and he's like a go-to guy for anything. Uh, I'm so glad to have someone as kind as him in my life. So, you know, yeah, there's the family dynamic and we all do stuff. But honestly, the whole cast really had to grow together through COVID here. And we got through it and we tried through it all. Even though we were running underwater, running in a dream, whatever you want to say, we we're going to make something good. No matter how hard it was, we we're going to try to make something good out of it. No, that's really cool because I know that things were tough for you guys on set. One of the things that I find also interesting about the show is that, Jordan, you're the son of a superhero, but you're also dealing with mental health issues. So how did you prepare for, you know, portraying that uh, as part of the character? You know, uh, I had I, I had a lot of talks to people. I pulled from my own experience as well. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that it was just a color on the palette and not the whole painting. It's a part of him and people who have mental illness that they are not their illness. They are a person who is suffering with something just as anyone is suffering with a broken leg or a broken arm. They're still that person, whether or not they have the cast on. So that was really important to me is to try to convey this character as a person and to try. And I think the writing has backed me up there and the producing has backed me up. I mean, we have such a great, I keep shouting at Todd Helping. He's our showrunner such a collaborative and kind, kind man to be leading it all. It, we really, we have a gift. And, you know, the boss of it all, Greg Berlanti, he's a great guy. So I, I haven't talked to him as much as I have with Todd, but you know the kindness comes from the top of this whole organization. And that is, really shines through the show. Oh, that's really nice. So as the show has wended on, of course, there's a lot of plot things that have come up. It seems like, Jordan's mental health has become less and less a part of the show. Do you think that's because the situation of moving to Smallville and discovering his powers is helping him to heal and sort of come to grips? Or do you think this is just something that's on the back burner that we'll come deal with more later as the show progresses? Well, just like any bout with mental illness is that, well, it could be, an, it could be what it is, an illness, or it could be more of a syndrome. And him moving to Smallville definitely helped and him becoming, finding a, another person. I think him discovering superpowers was less important to his character development than him being Sarah Cushing because all of a sudden someone understood him and his relationship with his father is starting to prove that it's being honest now and his relationship with his brother is improving. All of a sudden he has people that love him. And yes, the anxiety is still there and it absolutely may come up and he's still being medicated. It was actually... Um, in episode 13, if you look really closely, there's a shot of, of Jordan still taking uh, the anxiety medication in the morning. And that was something that we all wanted in there because, again, it's still going on. It's not exactly on the back burner, though. It's just something that he's dealing with. But he's right now he's functioning very well. And that's important to show as well that it's not, it's not a sentence to living a bad life. It's just something that you deal with. 
Another aspect of the character is, of course, the superpowers, like you mentioned. So how is that? <laughs> how What is that like when you have to deal with something like, oh, you've got to act that you're holding back heat vision or, you know, you're doing these things that you aren't actually doing that aren't actually on set and you've just got to pretend. Sorry, there's a, there's a big weather system coming up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, um, I personally actually have a little metaphor for each power that I have. It makes it a little more grounded because that's the thing. It was actually the first question he asked Tyler. I'm like, how do you get these superpowers in the show that we keep saying we're grounded is going to be the tone of the show over and over, like grounded, 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 grounded. So how are we supposed to fly? So <laughs> see, because he lifted off the ground. Right. Um, the, <laughs> I got it. And, you know, he was like, you know, my first time using these powers, the first thing I shot was me and Melissa, Benoist having to go like this in a circle, I think it was for a crisis. And they just had to and they at each other. And they, can you imagine in crisis, it looked badass that they were shooting lasers. They were meeting in the middle of this whole thing. But I mean, in this, in like, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine it without the lasers? You're just right. like, so, you know, he's like, just commit. The more ridiculous you look, the better it looks. And I'm like, great. Awesome. And that worked enough, but really what brought me to it was that each superpower was something I can put into tangible terms. So heat vision for me, if you ever read the book, Matilda, uh, the kid's book, they used to describe her telekinesis as a thousand little hands coming out of her eyes, grabbing Trenchable's cup and dipping the newt right over on her. That's absolutely what I imagine. I imagine a thousand little hands coming over my eyes and grabbing the person rather than shooting something at the person. I'm trying to pull them closer, almost. And again, because super, Superman can do it very easily, but Jordan has to muster it. And so uh, for, for hearing, I actually learned how to ski while I was up in Vancouver. I never skied before. I'm from New York. You know, ski here. And that was a lot of skiing is kind of going with whatever the mountain is telling you to do when you're going. And eventually you get the hang of it. But if you, if you think about it too much for two seconds, you fall. And that was what super hearing was. It was concentrate, 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 fall. You know, go with it. Come on, go, 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 fall. And that was where, that was a lot of those struggles in episode, uh, late episode six and a lot of episode seven was doing the super hearing stuff. Freeze breath is just a lot of breathing stuff. I'm trying to imagine that I'm just like blowing something out like it's on fire almost because, you know, that's that's very synonymous. We'll see as he gets more powers. If you were to fly, let's say one season, we'll see whatever I can possibly come up with for that. But that's my effort to keep it grounded. And then when they add the special effects later, the two meet in the middle quite well so far. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely looks very good. I mean, I think I've heard some people say that the visuals on Superman Lois really brings things to the next level. As far as, you know, even the other CW shows and, and the powers and things that they've depicted on those. So it's definitely it's definitely uh, been very good. So Jordan has sort of been progressing throughout this whole series uh, season. We've got two more episodes coming. So are we going to see Jordan take more of a role in the action as we come to the finale? Watch and see, folks. Watch, stay. Do not turn that dial. <laughs> same bat super time same super channel yeah well you know i gotta try to get some spoilers if i can uh you know uh, hey well if something is spoiled then you can't even enjoy it anymore come on look if i had spoiled bread versus good bread i'd, I'd eat the good bread any day 
Spoiled beans. Have you ever had spoiled beans? Don't go for no. spoiled beans. You didn't, you didn't even to. think beans could go bad. You didn't even think they could go bad. Yeah. So all of a sudden, so all of a sudden, you pull out that jar from 1986, still in the back closet. You're hungry. It's four in the morning. Everything's closed. It's a pandemic out there. Take out the beans. I think you're speaking from experience here. Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little. Bit. Don't want spoiled beans. You know, you've been talking about how the show is grounded, but you play a character whose dad puts on uh, blue tights and a cape and flies around. So are you hoping that Jordan also gets a super suit and starts flying around with that? Or would you rather they kept things for Jordan a little more on the down, you know, for on the, the earth? honor of it, the, the honor of donning a suit, it would be incredible. For the personal matter, those things are hot. Oh, my God. They are like a, like there there's Superman suit is a 3d printed, really cool textured, but it's literally like wearing like four coats of, I'm, I'm not sure the intended audience here. I'll just say a rubber glove. It's like wearing like five rubber gloves all across your body. And like, I, so, I mean, like, I don't know how Tyler does it so well, that wouldn't exactly be the most fun part, but you know, obviously I would love to don a suit. I'm, you know, that's just the stupid reason. I would love to don a suit. It would be incredible. It would be an honor. It would be amazing to contribute to this legacy. And it would all be so much fun kicking some bad guy ass. Getting ready for it. Getting ready for it. Every day. I want to start uh, like black widowing people. <laughs> you know? what, if he, what if he like became like a karate superhero? Like, I feel like those yeah. are the two types of fighters. There's the karate guys. And then there's the boxing guys. Mm-hmm. There's two paths. You know, even if they do like jujitsu, I kind of put them in the karate cat, like the martial art mm-hmm. category. Like you either have the ones that go, like the bad guy goes, you're smaller than me. I'm bigger than you. And then, go, and then they go <laughs> and try them into a pretzel. Yep. Smack them down. Or you've got the ones that you're just bigger than the rest of them. You just go whoosh. You get the Hulk, Superman, Batman. Well, if you think about it, Superman, because he's been strong since he was like a fairly young teen and didn't start fighting until after that, as a fighter, he's probably not all that good. It's just he's so ridiculously strong. He can beat someone up. Imagine Superman with training. I've been actually saying this because I keep bringing up, uh, I don't know if I brought it up in this one, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he, he didn't train. But what did he know? Superman, <laughs> he just smack him. I mean, eventually he's probably fought enough people that they've contrived situations for him to be matched in that, mm-hmm. you know, eventually like uh, that Rossetti fight. Oh my God. That was really cool. Uh, episode eight, the green gas. And they were both weakened by the kryptonite, but they were fighting anyway. That was a really cool fight. And, you know, he, he fared pretty well there. So my dad, I'd give my dad a little bit of credit here and there but i still want jordan to become a karate type of super because you can you imagine he's stronger than everyone and he knows karate right no that's what i'm saying like superman would be a beast if he had training on top of all that super strength so yeah jordan can totally go that path you know what i'm gonna call up everyone right (laughs) (laughs) what's that what's that joke in family guy well peter you're gonna have to fight city hall for it and then peter just walks over comes back with a black guy city hall new karate (laughs) Sounds stupid. So I love Family Guy. I watched an ins- 
that's what Jordan and I do between setups. If I wasn't, when I wasn't doing school, we'd, I'd go to his trailer and we'd just watch obscene amounts of family guy. Cause family guy is something that will keep your attention. Cause they just throw it at the wall and hope something sticks. And eventually you get a, a, a hilarious joke out of it, but you got to sift through the weeds there for a while. Yeah. As a star Trek fan, I got to ask another Seth MacFarlane series is the Orville. Do you watch the Orville? You know, I've heard it's a little bit more of a Star Trek theme than Discovery, but I haven't watched it mainly. I think it's just because it was making fun of it. I got out of Star Trek for a while. I'm kind of getting back into it now. And not a shame. It's it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine because, you know, actors are supposed to be watching The Godfather, not Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Although that's a stigma that I think should really be challenged a bit because... Just because something science fiction doesn't make it less quality of arts. Are you kidding? Like, exactly. Like, also, like, there's so many, like, I, I don't know. I feel like some people just like to say they watch those kind of movies just so that they can say they watch those kind of movies. You know, they're like, you know, there's the people that love The Godfather and it's a beautiful, amazing, crafted movie. And then there's the people that go, I watched The Godfather. You know, like, or I, anyone who's ever seen... Um, Oh my God, was it Orson Welles, right? It was um, the Rosebud. Um, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. I feel like 99% of the people that ever, ever talked about seeing Citizen Kane didn't really pay attention to it. They just like to say they watch, they watch fine the cinema. Right. They, it's, I, oh, oh, you, you plebeian watching Star Trek, watching fine cinema. <laughs> the Hitchcock ones. I actually like Hitchcock. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like, like you know, these things are classics for a reason, right? But then to exclude yeah. new things or things in a genre that's different and say, like, those can't be because they're not the same. That's the part where I go, I those are the new classics. Those are the things that people are going to be talking about 40, 50. Believe me, in 50 years, people yeah. will still be talking about Wrath of Khan. I mean, it's... Wrath of Khan was a good one. Right. But, uh, well, number 10 was also... I like Nemesis. Nemesis was good. Number nine... Little, little struggling a little bit there. I saw them starting to, starting to, they started to get a little tired there, but they brought it for the finale. Right. That's that's what Tyler says. He goes, uh, you know, they should really make the finale in the middle of the season, so that way we can all get really tired towards the end of the season. That way, when everyone, everyone watches it, it goes, you know, it started to drag at the end, but they brought it for the finale. <laughs> they did it. That, that's what we want. That that's that's what Star Trek Nine was though. It was a or the one where they killed Spock. When they killed Spock, they no, they killed Spock in the end of two. Right. And then they search for him in three because they realized if it wasn't Spock and Star Trek, it's not Star Trek. Right. Like I could I, I I saw the wheels turning there one there a little bit too, where it was like, oh, uh, they were like. Although part Spock. of that was also Leonard Nimoy kind of got cold. Like he was like, I I I don't want to do this anymore. Kill me off. And then after they killed him off, he was like, well. Oh, actually, this has been kind of a good thing for me. Maybe, the, maybe you should bring me back. So that's not oh, all like no. the producer's fault. That's like kind of Leonard Nimoy's okay. fault. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, I, when were those made anyway? They were eighties, eighties around. 80s, yeah, right? yeah. Wrath of Khan was uh, eighty-one, and and Search for Spock was eighty-three. Yeah. So they were a bit of a reaction to Star Wars, weren't they? Yes. Gotcha. Very much. I mean, Star Trek was the original, though. Even you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars movies were a little better made, in my opinion. But you know, yeah. Star Trek was the original. You can't beat Star Trek. I'm sorry. Like, 
No, that's another. I mean, it's, it's a classic for a reason. <laughs> so. It's a classic, but you know, it's you get it's like that original one just had some like strange, out of body quality to it that was so awesome. You know, it was almost like you can't imagine yourself in that world for some reason. It's just so far removed. It's like about like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that one kind of had a weird, like, sort of, like, story anyway, because it was supposed to be the pilot for a new series, but then Star Wars came out, and they took that script, and were like, we need to turn this into a movie instead, and so that's why that that movie feels kind of weird and disjointed in some way, because they're kind of padding out a one-hour script into a two-hour movie, and but then they added in all those sort of long shots and things to, like, make it, give it a more of a 2001, if you've ever seen that movie, like kind yes, of feel yeah. to it that was yeah number one was very interesting i think that was actually the first star trek I ever watched i never i didn't watch the series until after the movies yeah no number one was interesting i remember that because yeah burger right what, what was it like verger yeah, old lady Viger, Viger coming and then it's voyager yeah mm-hmm. yeah i can see how that was a pilot actually now that i'm thinking about it i can see how that was a, yeah and then they made it a movie Oh, Wrath of Khan was good, though. Mm-hmm. Rath- I, you know, even when you watch the old first season Khan, I think it was like in the 20s, like episode 28 or something. Yeah, I know. Space Seed is what it's called. I don't remember what episode number, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like even that one, like you can tell like there's some good story coming on. You know, they made up the whole Third World War thing. Or wait, I like it when they, they contrive reasons to give Spock emotions. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I think there was that episode with like the spores. I just yeah. watched it. But like, you know what I mean? And it's also these like happy Spock. Uh-huh. And it's just hilarious. Because nobody's about it. And you're like, no, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy Spock. And, and Kirk's got to get into a fist fight Kirk. with him to like Kirk. get him to like to restore him. <laughs> and they fight like this. They go, right. Oh. Yeah. With the double fist. Yeah. The double fist <laughs> born. My favorite fighting thing, though, from the original Star Trek is when Kirk will do these jump kicks where he kicks with both feet. Like, he'll jump up with both feet, and then he's left on the ground on his back, and it's like, you've just left yourself super open. (laughs) They really, like, they, I, I, you know, and even even the the great acting in it all. I mean, (laughs) in this star system, there's no reason to, and they go, like, really up close to his eye, they go, like, no reason to worry, Spock. <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it's a classic. You can't yep. not love it. So, you know, one of the things that kind of surprised me about the setup of the show, because, you know, I'm kind of used to, you know, when you have teenagers on a show, there's going to be like the rivalry aspect. And, and actually, it seems like the show has gone out of its way to make sure that Jordan and Jonathan have a relatively healthy relation. You know, there's arguments, but you know, there's not, it's not like really that big of a thing. Do you think that that's something that's coming or do you think that they're going to pretty much try to keep the relationship between the brothers fairly, you know, like uh, much more of a caring and supportive relationship? I can't speak to what they will write, but I do have to say that these brothers loving each other was a big theme of it. You know, I think there were probably a couple proto versions where they were a little more at each other's necks, but you know, it was important also on the actor level. Jordan and I wanted to, we, we were asking ourselves, how do we make these brothers love each other? Because, you know, I have a brother in real life and I love him very much. And sometimes they, I feel like you can go into certain archetypes on television with siblings in, in that you either don't really care about them. They're like 
the two younger siblings in the show focuses on probably the parent of those siblings, right? So they get along just fine. Or you get, you know, the long estranged sibling, you know, that whole arc, or you get the ones where it's like, you know, they hate each other. And it's a rivalry, you know, what you were talking about, you know, sons of kings. But the thing is, is that that's not how it is. You know, brothers bicker and they hate each other like no one, but they love each. That's because they love each other. And that's because they want each other to do well. And that's, you know, the fact that we're able to express that is a testament to the other parts of the show, because the other parts of the show can be heated up enough. And there's so many great storylines going on that we don't need that storyline. We can keep these brothers happy with each other in a way, at least for season one right now. Yeah. So when you guys get up to the point, if the show gets continued long enough where Jordan and Jonathan are college age, would you like to see them spun off into like their own series of them going off into college? Or do you think it's important to keep them in Smallville with the family? As for any spinoff, I would have to like, you know, I'd have to read it first and, you know, make, make that decision. It would be really awesome if it did happen, though. It, it, would really, it just depends on what they end up coming up with. You need the IP first. And as of right now, I just feel honored to be a part of this show. So, you know, that's how it is. No, that's that's great. And we kind of talked about how you would like, you know, the I, you know, just be iconic to have a super suit and everything. Is there anything else that you would like to see happen with Jordan as the series continues? I personally have a lot of respect for actors that have a character grow over a lot of seasons. And I think season one was a big growth arc for Jordan. My favorite performance of all time would be Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Obviously, he doesn't need to break bad, but I think it actually, there's, especially in modern media, we're kind of obsessed with these good people turning bad. Mm -hmm. And it's such a big theme. And, you know, you could, but I think it takes not very many reasons for someone to turn bad, but to take this kid that's kind of broken and watch him find a reason to be good. Maybe that's something we kind of need right now. And I, I would really love if that's what happens, if the, the shy kid with social anxiety who, you know, never left his room could learn how to fly. I think that would be something we all would love to see right now. And we all kind of need right now. Yeah, I can't dispute that. I mean, not saying that he's going to fly. I like my job and I'm keeping it. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, I have no idea. If he Suddenly your phone starts ringing. <laughs> immediately greg Rolanti calls me you're fired <laughs> no, what did I, you say what, no he's not like that he's, he's actually a great guy also everyone working on this is a great guy i, I have to say or a great woman i mean all the producers i met from the show have just been awesome well that's really good i mean it's good to have that great environment to work in especially because hollywood has such like a reputation of like mean people mm-hmm. like I, it was such a great introduction going in and everyone's like awesome and caring and nice I, i'm not i'm not sure if it's just this group of people or maybe the whole stereotype is just not worth it you know yeah no i mean it's good to have positive experiences especially when you're getting to your first series and everything so my final question is like we talked about i know you don't want we don't want spoiled stuff because then you know who wants to eat something spoiled right but yeah no one if, wants if you want to wet our appetites for the final two episodes of the series of the you know the season is there anything that you can tell us to just get us like all right this is this is what we're looking forward to uh look forward to everything heating up 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 and i'm not just talking about morgan edge in the sun (laughs) 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 going like this 
into the grave. Actually, I thought they did that. So I read that in the script and I was like, oh, no. What's going to, oh, God. I don't know how they're going to do that. It looked really good. Yeah. It looked like a movie. I was like, wow. You know, they keep impressing me. It's not like I have low expectations either. I just think they're awesome. So look forward to it heating up. Watch out what Morgan Edge does. Watch out with the whole the whole Edge family. You got Leslie Lar. You know she's. You know I don't I don't know what she's up to. We got to see Sam Wayne. What is she? What is what's Kyle Cushing up to in all this? You know he's gonna fight some fires. Maybe maybe it's like a fire. You know maybe there's a beer. I don't really know. You know it's like <laughs> a beer on fire. What about a beer on fire? <laughs> That it, that it's Kyle Cushing in one image. That's right. The beer on fire. <laughs> he can put it out with the beer in the bottle. Or he'll just drink it to put it out. <laughs> no, but I have to also say that that's a big test. He his character is a testament to the show as well, because mm-hmm. someone that would be considered probably more on the side plot, they take this character that if you blur your eyes and you uh, you could see a stereotype, you see a small town dad. And a small town alcoholic dad who's not good to his family. But when you focus your eyes, you see a three-dimensional person that loves his family is trying very hard and is battling his illness as well, you know, battling his mental illness as well. And he's a good person. And his arc is one that, you know, it's it's literally like one of 15 arcs. But all of a sudden, you know, the actor who does it is doing a beautiful job and, and the writers are doing a beautiful job just for him. So I, I you know, it reminds me how much I love this show and how awesome it all is. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, in lesser hands, that could be a very 2D tropish character that, you yeah. know, oh, he's just the town drunk, never there yeah. for his family. But we see him struggling with that. We see him trying like he was there when Jordan wasn't able to be there for his kid. He suddenly yeah. showed up, you know, and he was there for her. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot more nuanced than that kind of a character is in a lot of shows. Yes, and you know it's Lana Lang. I think Emmanuel Shriki is one of the greatest actresses ever. The way that she was able to convey one thing with her eyes and a different thing with her gut, in a way, you know, because uh, there was a scene I think in episode eleven, no, maybe twelve, twelve, when Sarah is yelling at Lana, saying, "You know, you just let Dad do whatever you want," and blah 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 blah, and Lana. You could see her looking at Sarah with anger, but you can tell underneath that she's hurt. And it's just it, her performance is so beautiful. It really, really is. I think it was episode ten that scene was. It was, it was episode ten. So every every character is pulling their weight. Every and that John Henry Irons is such a good character. Love that. And that was a great script reveal too, because they have you thinking he's like a parallel universe Lex Luthor. And then, yeah. the, you know, the John Henry Irons reveal. And for people who do, that. I mean, I'm not a huge Superman guy. I, I do like cer- certain comics, but I knew who John Henry Irons was. And so that was kind of like, oh, man, awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he's just, I, I love his, he's personally my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love his, so um, I, I, I just love, yeah, I love his whole arc. I love him as an actor. I also the guy who plays him is just one of my favorite people on this planet. So everything's good with that. Everything's going well with that. This is a lollipop, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lollipop. Well, that's nice to just find random lollipops. The random lollipops, you know, better than random beans. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I don't want, don't want beans. 
Alex, I really appreciate you taking your time. I know we talked for longer than uh, we had originally talked about. Um, talk I really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was awesome. You can catch Jordan when Superman and Lois returns on Tuesday, August 10th on The CW. Woo! So that's it for our interview today. We hope that you enjoyed it, and you probably noticed that there were several times when Alex was indicating things that I could see, but that doesn't really help when it's an audio podcast. Uh, I will have some show notes to show some things, like the Colonel Sanders thing that you can't unsee, and you can just check that out in the show notes if you uh, don't already know about it. I am looking into perhaps publishing this on YouTube or doing something along those lines. I have never done video editing before, unless you count the video panel that I just did for Dragon Con, where there really wasn't any editing. It was just the video with a little card in front of it and a card at the end of it, which was really easy to do with Windows Movie Maker. It wasn't like a professionally done like podcast where I would cut out things that I don't want to have in or that are awkward pauses or things like that, so... Maybe, eventually, we will have the video, but <laughs> for now, there will be no video for that. But what we do want to know is how you liked the interview, and you can let us know in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can also tweet to us or go on Instagram or go on Facebook at 42cast. You can also go to our website at 42cast.com and leave a review on any of the episodes, including this one. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts especially, it helps so much to have those reviews because the more reviews that we get, the more that they will showcase the podcast on uh, searches. And, of course, the more that we get showcased, the more listeners we have, and it will just keep on progressing and sort of snowballing from there. So we'd definitely like you to help with that. The other thing that I wanted to mention is the ESO Network Patreon. That is a way that you can help all the shows on the network. You can go to patreon.com slash ESO network. You can look at the different tiers. And if you'd like to contribute, you can go at whatever level that you feel that you have the funds for. It gives you the perks that you want. You get access to early episodes, exclusive episodes. You even get a whole exclusive podcast for the network that is only available to Patreons, patrons, ha, Patreons, patrons at a certain tier. So uh, you can do that at patreon.com. Also want to put a plug in for my two other podcasts. First one is Time Streams. That's where Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning and commenting on it. You don't have to watch the episodes with us because we explain what happens. So if you just like the banter, you can do that. But you definitely get more out of it if you're watching the episodes along with us. I just know that it's hard unless you want to buy a bunch of DVDs or if you want to shell out for BritBox or something like that. It's hard to sometimes find those older episodes of Doctor Who in the U.S. So I get it. But you can still listen to the show, even if you're not watching the episodes. The other show is Legendary Forces. That will debut later this month. And that is where Juliet and myself, also uh, Joe Heath, Ashley Pauls, and Kareen Vitek, we're going through all of Star Wars media from the beginning, all the fictional media. Even though I am reading a lot of fan stuff from the 70s and 80s as well as we're sort of going through. But we're reviewing novels, comic books, TV stuff, anything that was fictional and contained Star Wars characters. We're even looking at newspaper strips. There was a Star Wars newspaper strip 
So we're looking at that too. So all of that stuff, and we're sort of commenting on that as we go. And that one has a little bit more of a thing where we're talking about sort of the expanding context of Star Wars as all of this additional material got created that wasn't part of what George Lucas was creating and how that sort of informs what we think of as Star Wars now. And we also sort of review it on the quality basis and say like, hey, even though this isn't considered canon anymore by Disney, is it worth your time to even check it out? So again, that's Legendary Forces. It'll be coming out later this month. In other news, I've been saying for a long time that I will be at Chicago TARDIS this year. Chicago TARDIS is at the end of November, so there's still some time there, but with everything that's going on, I'm not 100% sure anymore. I don't even know, of course, they could also cancel the con as we get closer, but even if they have the con, we're going to have to look really hard at what the COVID infection rates are like in Chicago at the time. Even though I'm fully vaccinated, my youngest daughter is not, so maybe I'll just go to the con and the rest of my family won't. I'm I'm still not sure, because then I could even be a carrier and bring it back home when the con is over. So there's a lot going on that I'm not sure about yet. So just watch this space, and, and I'll give updates on that. So that's it for this week. Join us back next week when Tegan Croft will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan, signing off. You have been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.